0: Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Tim Cordova. I really enjoy having Tim on the show. We agree on a lot of issues. We disagree on some issues, uh, but it always makes for a great conversation. Really appreciate Tim. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick show. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Tim Cordova. Tim has over the past few years, I guess maybe even over, I don't know, Tim, how long was it about COVID that, that we became friends? Yeah, probably a little before that we were chatting on Instagram. Okay, so, so through the Kentucky jiu-jitsu world, Tim and I have become friends. We got to train together. We've recorded multiple episodes together. And uh, being that the Kelly Patrick Show has taken a political turn, of course, um, and Tim, I would say if we have disagreements, you know, of course we do. Um, regardless, I would say you're very open minded, and you have. I do believe you have actually. I don't think I've ever heard you, you know, lecturing me about anything or anything like that. It's it's good hearted uh, 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 conversation. If we have a disagreement, that's great. But I'd say you're very open minded uh, with the approach you've taken to learning about the libertarian uh, movement or party. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, by no means am I an expert, but I try to go back and research. Sort of the history, uh, some of the big proponents of libertarianism. Of course, Ron Paul, you know, he comes with And uh, yeah, so uh, kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about different uh, things, questions I got free, and some concerns as well.
0: That sounds great. And once again, um, Tim is coming at this from, I would say, more, would you agree with me, Tim, more of a Republican angle while I'm wearing the hat of the Libertarian? Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah. So for people who don't know, I used to be a Democrat, voted for Bill Clinton twice, um, joined the military, I grew up, started paying attention to tactics, things of that nature. Um, and I left the Democratic Party. I haven't really looked back. I went to the Republican Party. I have uh, many concerns about the Republican Party, but uh, yeah, I am a definite Republican.
0: Okay, so so you said there's some things that you have looked into, and I trust that you've done your, your some research on these topics. What is it that intrigues you or that you have noticed about the Libertarians?
1: Well, I will like to start with the good. So I think what intrigues me the most about the Libertarian Party is they actually stick to their principles when it comes to uh, fiscal conservatism. That is probably, for the most part, I'd say 98% of Libertarians, they're pretty pretty staunch fiscal conservatives. I think that's something that the Republican Party uh, has greatly lost track of, especially over the last 20 years, for sure. And uh, so that's probably what drew me into it. Um, I would say that we could go on about that, but that's
0: probably stuff we're just going to No, gonna no, no we, we, we are agreeing on that, but if you want, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that. I appreciate that because that is my biggest, in my eyes, the biggest issue. All empires, the USSR, you know, whoever it is, they seem to fall for economic uh, uh, reasons. And I, I think the haphazard approach to borrowing that our country um, has taken, of course, through the Federal Reserve and and um, printing money and all that fun stuff, borrowing from China and Japan, I think it's horrible, and that is my biggest issue. So I do appreciate. And you said to me before, Tim, that we probably agree on seventy to eighty percent of issues. You may ha- that. May be maybe we. That's not still seventy eight to to eighty percent. You know, I don't know, but that is my biggest issue. I believe it is, is if pe- if you and I owned a business, Tim, and you started buying a bunch of shit, and I was like, Tim, where's that money coming from? And you're like, oh, don't worry about it. That's the type of shit I see going on right now, and I, I, I fear that it's really going to screw our, our kids and our grandkids over from a currency uh, uh, um, perspective and, and possibly who knows what else that could lead to.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a huge concern of mine. I think um, I'm with you for the most part on your fiscal conservatism. There, there's probably
0: a little bit of difference there. I know that you've been a big uh, opponent of not giving money to certain countries. Any, there, any country, you know, any countries. Yeah. The most popular one that I've said would be Israel, which I get criticized for, of course, because that's who we give the most money to, but I I do want to be clear. Thomas Massey is the same way. He doesn't just vote against money for Israel. It's he votes against money for any country.
1: Yeah. And I can respect that. I mean, I I get that. Um, I think that that's healthy to have that debate. I personally have really been paying attention to that. Uh, I would say that I'm more inclined to help out our allies. We've had that discussion once before. I think that we help a lot of countries out that hate us. I would definitely stop all of that. A country like Israel, I know a lot of people think about the fact that we give them a lot of money, which we do. Um, But there are benefits to having a country like Israel as an ally. One of them is uh, shared intelligence. Um, They're very open about sharing intelligence with us. Especially in that region. I know you have certain ideas about that. I don't want to get too much into these there. We can not you want. But, um, uh, you know, I, I I think the main thing that I see with a country like Israel, it's been our staunch ally, it takes me back to the 9 11 attack. And when you go all the way back to that, we can, of course, debate why that happened, yada yada. But I can remember watching. Residents of Palestine cheering in the street. Death to America. The same, same thing going on in in a lot of the Islamic countries. Not all, of them, but a lot of them. And you know, Palestine stands out to me. So there is definitely. Uh, I have no love lost there. I know you've been very adamant. You think there's been atrocities committed. There, for sure, there has been. But that's happening on both sides. I'll let you kind of
0: respond to that a little bit. Cool. I appreciate it. Um, About the Palestinians cheering when the September 11th happened, I certainly would not advocate. My stance is I want to be anti, you know, anti-unnecessary violence. So I, I do not support cheering on any death. So if you ever hear me do that, please, Tim, comment say Kelly you said you didn't do this because I, I, I really don't want to support violence in any capacity um, mm. so I don't, I, don't, I, w- I don't want to uh, excuse that there are many things the Americans do that I could say are the exact same as that there's people cheering about mocking the Palestinians and oh you know ben, uh, uh, ben Shapiro I heard him saying Palestinians what do, they, what do they know they know how to blow shit up and how to uh, um, drink their own sewage. So he's mocking in the West Bank. A lot of them are very poor, have poor sewage. So I guess what I'm saying, Tim, is yes, you saw offensive, real clips of people celebrating as that happened. It's ugly. That's ugly as shit. My contention, my, my rebuttal would be, unfortunately, that does happen from our side also, and I would argue... Sometimes, often, maybe most of the time, there's more deaths attached to what we're laughing about or celebrating. So that's, that would be my rebuttal.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we definitely disagree probably there. And that, that's a whole podcast you could have. Um, so, so I'm more of a supporter of our allies. I feel that Israel is an ally Great Britain. I am definitely... For giving any money to countries that hate us. So, for example, uh, Pakistan, you know, the Ukraine, so many of these countries around the world, there's a lot, have lots of them. They hate us. They don't do anything for us. We don't get anything in return. And uh, I'm definitely for stopping that, which I think would uh, probably cut that back 80%, probably. <laughs> think about it not a lot of countries that are allies but so I think we can agree a little bit on that um, that, that we don't have ma- that we like, don't
0: that we don't have many allies across the world
1: we do but probably just in name okay and that's just the honest truth I mean uh, I mean who do you think our allies are who would be there for us if we were if we were attacked
0: we would be the one writing. We would be the one writing the check for all of the expenses if we were attacked. In my opinion,
1: who would come to, to help us?
0: I don't think. It, I mean, I I don't. I guess Israel. Where does Israel get their their fighter jets? We they're all from us, right? Mostly. So, you we're going to then send them jets, and then they're going to bring. You know, I don't. It's us. In my, do
1: you, do, you th- do you think they would they would fight?
0: Us? Yeah, they would send some troops if necessary. I, I believe that.
1: Because For, if it was the fall of America, what's going to happen to Israel?
0: Oh, yeah. They, they don't have a choice. There, there's no Israel yeah. without America. What about Great Britain? They, they've really, I read a book recently about, you mean you said Great Britain because they're the ones who really created Israel, kind of. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, and then but, they're it's you know, probably one of our
0: next biggest allies. They, 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 okay, they are too. Yeah, but I, I think that over the past couple hundred years, England's um, obviously <laughs> their their worldwide power has really fallen. Oh yeah, I guess, but they're they're, they're, they're they're still one of our, our our closest allies. There's no debating that.
1: Yeah, and that's that's hugely a part of what we were talking about with the spending. So. Yeah, you know, so we have some differences there, but I'm definitely not for just uh, giving money like to the Ukraine, the countries that in us, Pakistan, Iraq, lots of the Middle Eastern countries, Saudi Arabia,
0: so. Saudi Arabia, Egypt,
1: yeah. Egypt. Yeah, I cut that off. Yeah. A bit of
0: Because cur- um, currently, Israel receives the most money each year. I think it's 4.2 billion fixed each year. Now, I know Ukraine got more last year, but I think it goes Israel's number one, and then the number two for us is Egypt, because they're right next door. So it's, those all seem to be really, our presence there is, is um, I don't know, man. You know more about it. You've spent time over there. I have not. So, I mean, you've been thinking about this topic for longer than I have, admittedly. Um, it just makes me nervous. It seems like we're over there kind of stirring shit up.
1: Yeah, we have every reason to be nervous because, quite frankly, all of those countries people were cheering in the streets. You know, so I don't have much love for that. I'm very proud to be an American. You know, I served I've been in lots of different countries throughout the Middle East, Europe. So, you know, I, we probably have some disagreement there, but I would say, probably, again, you know, we're back in that 70 to 80% of that country's having to be done. I'd say stop funding. That's a huge savings um, that, that, that I think that we can have. So, I mean, we're kind of going off on this. I want to talk about a couple things with the difference because um, It's really been bothering. One of the things that I see with libertarians, they talk about if something's not hurting somebody else, um, then it should be okay, especially like, for example, get into drugs. Well, if, if if somebody wants to do drugs and go buy drugs from somebody you know, the first new bottom spot. And for the most part, I kind of agree with that. But legalizing all drugs, to me, I think is, quite frankly, I think it's asinine. Especially when it comes down to Opioids, fentanyl, heroin—I mean, there is there is so much destruction right now going on in this country. In fact, this is going to be in the podcast. This has struck real, real home base with me here just over the last week, and I, I've seen it a lot. I just, I just don't understand that logic of legalizing everything. Now I am definitely for legalizing marijuana. I think marijuana is much less impactful than say alcohol on a human's life. I don't think you're as productive if you're smoking pot all the time, but it definitely I think it makes people violent. Makes them probably overweight. Get the money. But uh and then, you know, I, I guess the jury's out on something like cocaine. Okay, when you get into the heroin, and the opioids, yeah, that, I, that puzzles me, that stance, the libertarian stance. I'll let
0: you go ahead. I appreciate. This is, this is good. Um, the libertarian stance would point to, at least from my perspective, that there is no <laughs> track record of prohibition ever successfully helping a, a society. Alcohol, you know, of course, people were bootlegging it. People oftentimes, when alcohol was illegal, the rate of people drinking bootlegged alcohol and overdosing because they made it the wrong way, it was much higher than it is today. Rarely in 2024 does someone overdose because they drank alcohol that was, you know, distilled the wrong way or something like that. And I would apply that to today. Fentanyl is very dangerous (laughs) and bad. And I would argue that it's... I I guess maybe there's a medical... I think there is a a legitimate medical use for it. I'm not familiar with it. Um, But the libertarian stance or the approach to saying, I think every drug, which I do, I believe heroin, crack, everything should be completely legal. The reason is that when you open things up into the free market, it should be able to hopefully over time, make things a little bit safer. So if someone's a heroin addict, they're less likely to overdose, kind of like the uh, analogy I gave with the alcohol. Um, but also the impact it would have for border security, at least from the, the uh, libertarian perspective. And this, this may be a, this is just baiting us into all sorts of different angles. I love it. But um, there would be less incentive for the Mexican violent cartels to be, uh, um, using these tactics to get out drugs into our country um, if there was not the criminal element. They don't have to be cutting people's heads off and hiding hiding drugs in trucks and stuff. With it. If it's all legal, there's no, you know, it, it makes it much more transparent. Hopefully, certain reputable dealers, I'm using the air quotes, so I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm going to do heroin or, or, or fentanyl or anything, but hopefully the reputable deal, dealers would get good, Reviews and have higher safety and things like that. So that would be my rebuttal specific to the um, the war on drugs. I'd say the war on drugs has been a miserable failure failure thus far. What do you think, Tim? Um,
1: again, I don't understand the logic with those those drugs, the opioids. Again, we could have a whole podcast just on that. Um, but no, I, I I get it. I I think you're right. This is this is one of those things where. I listen to libertarians. I just listen to everything can say. It matches exactly with what I've read, and I, I've always, I always ask myself, "to I got to wrap my head around?" Me. God, I got this guy. I'm driving, as you know, holy crap! All man. right on me. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I I can't wrap my head around the trouble. Um, I think
0: uh, I kind of started to lose my my thinking there. That's okay. So the drug yeah. the drug war uh, thus far, we've talked when it comes to libertarians. We've talked on the um, the the one thing that sounds like we agree with, and I, I'm guessing you you do respect actual principled libertarians for is that they are they actually do want to cut costs. And you do know in the back of your mind that that's necessary, you know, for a business or a government or anything to be sustainable. You do admit, or you, you, you do find common ground with the stance on that. I think the first next one was then the, the disagreement would be on the drug war, I think. Yeah, so definitely the, the drug thing, uh,
1: that, that one uh, puzzles me. Quite a bit, but I think the one that, that bothers me the most, and even though I feel fully that there's a lot of room for improvement here, is the libertarian stance on defense capabilities. I think that that is a recipe for disaster. I've read lots of different opinions from libertarians, it's pretty much all the same. In fact, I think we've had this discussion once kind of popped up, you know, if a country was amassing troops on our southern border there in Mexico, say, I don't know, you name China, they started dropping bases. Libertarian stances, they haven't done anything to us yet, so you guys would let that happen uh, until they struck first. Is this correct?
0: Very good question. Um, to be an actual principled anarcho-libertarian is one thing. And with that answer, you would believe in open borders and you would believe in um, what you just described. Um, Hans Hermann Hoppe would be a, a thinker, libertarian thinker, German guy, who has articulated on multiple occasions a kind of a realistic vision of a, a libertarian uh, uh, if, you know, if libertarians actually did get the chance to control things in the current control, what, to what, control what, everything. what's that
1: to control everything? Cause that's what it would take. Right.
0: I guess, but that's almost uh, uh, <laughs> saying that is almost hypocritical of me. Right. Because we don't really want to control anything.
1: <laughs> uh, you kind of beat me to it. But anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, 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 so that, that stance, what you describe, does make sense. Okay. Um, I would say if we're going to have a country, which we do, let's say Thomas Massey, who I think is a good libertarian, if there, if one exists in DC, I don't think if he was president, Tim, he would say. Mm-hmm. We're letting China set up two military bases right here. Kind of like what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did to Russia. They, they started setting up all these weapons in Ukraine, and then finally Russia attacked. They kind of prompted them or baited them into it. I think if Thomas Massey yeah. was the president and he was in charge or if, if he at least had his way, that yes, there would still be a, a military, and if we were in a legitimate uh, space of being attacked, I don't think Thomas Massey would say, okay, let's just wait here until they attack us, is my answer. I'm not actually advocating for us to just be, I know it, this may be contrary to what everything I say online sounds like, I'm not advocating for us to just be a bunch of giant pussies. I'm actually not. If people were to come in and mess with us, which I do not think has ever been the case, other than I guess September 11th or whenever, you know.
1: Why? Why is that, though?
0: Um, I guess because the case would be there because we've 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 been you know playing world police for sure. But we
1: have currently have you know, an incredibly advanced
0: military. We do. I don't want to say it's strong right now because I think this Walt
2: culture has really weakened our military right now. Mm-hmm.
1: But our infrastructure is it's immense and it, it's powerful. We, we own. That is probably, if, yeah. if we didn't have that. And we didn't have the next big one, the Second Amendment. Do you think we'd still be here?
0: Who do you think would attack us?
1: I don't think it would be an all-out attack. But if we didn't, if we didn't have a military, military, and we didn't have the Second Amendment, don't you think that those countries that do would impose their will on us?
0: I don't know. I, I think I might disagree with you that with that tim because we have no precedent for that we've been over there fucking with them (laughs) for so long that we don't even have any any real life context for saying you know maybe they would attack us and i'm a big fan of the second amendment you know
1: i'm why did every great empire go down what ended up happening
0: they overextended themselves militarily and their economy collapsed
1: They overextended themselves militarily, and their economy collapsed.
0: Is that wrong? So, no,
1: I I I agree. But when they overextended themselves militarily, they spread themselves out too much. That is definitely a problem that we have, and we have probably a lot of agreement on that. I believe a lot of these these bases we don't need them. I think there are some that we do need to have. They're strategic. Um, but I don't live in, I, I grew up in an area where I get to see the ugliness of people. And I am just telling you that that is an utopian view that a country would not, if they seen us unable to mount any sort of real response, we wouldn't be a country anymore. People are aggressive in nature, especially man. I mean, look at us. Look what we do, me and you. You know, we're aggressive in nature. And how do you how do you prepare to deal with other aggressors? By being weak or by being strong? And we could talk about that from a fist fight on the street to a, a, a state all the way to a, a full country. If you are weak and there are people who oppose you for whatever reason. And they see that opportunity. They're going to take you. It happens every day. It's wait, wait, what, wait,
2: wait, wait, one, one, so one, one moment,
0: Tim. Can, can you hear me? We broke up there for a moment. I think I can hear you now. Could you repeat about the past 15 seconds, please? Yeah,
1: yeah so I was, what I was reiterating was, it, it, to think when you look at basic human nature how humans are and, and I, I was equating it with just just go to a, a town that you're not familiar familiar with a bad area if they see weakness in you, that's when that those are the people that they attack that is human mentality that is just that is just the nature of the beast and when you apply that on a larger scale if a country sees the United States of America, ah, their military—they're not—they're not advanced. They're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're they're not even very, very, very big. They can't—they couldn't handle an assault right now. We're just going to go in and take their resources. That's the same mentality that happens when another human sees a weak human on the street. That's what they do—they go take their shit. And I think the sooner that people wrap their heads around the fact there are evil people in this and that you have to have a means of protecting yourself that is dominant, okay, to protect yourself. Uh, I just think that that's a utopian view. Okay, that's probably my biggest issue. Of why, why I really cannot embrace libertarianism. I, 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 sort of an oxymoron to me is I know military guys who are libertarians. To me, that is.
0: Sorry, Tim can you hear me? I think we broke up. I may have lost you. When, Are you still there what, what? I'm, I'm here. I'll edit that little spot out If we could take just a five second break and then I'll have you resume five seconds here real quick. one second. If that's me you why because I'm moving? no, I, I I think I can hear you now, so you can continue there. So your main issue okay. it oh, okay. it sounds like is the with with the libertarian. Um, stance. And I agree with you. The, the main issue for me is, is our, the U S military. That's my main political gripe right now. That's my number one issue. Um, so I agree with you that if you're not in it, in accordance with that, then that is different. Right. And you said you have friends within the military who are lean, lean libertarian. And you say that's kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, I just, it doesn't
1: make sense to me. So that, that's probably one of the bigger ones, um, my concerns that I have. Um, I, I think the last concern I got, you kind of you kind of talked about this. We've already kind of hit it a little bit. So I, I've been following a lot of Libertarians, not just yourself, but there's others, some people that I've met with you, and, and then uh, like on uh, X, uh, formerly Twitter, I've been following uh, lots of them there. And... Something that that I've picked up is I know they want their party to grow, and so I ask, who, who, do, who do they want to pull? You're going to have to pull people either from one or the other party or try to get people who don't vote to become libertarians. Um, who are they targeting? How are they trying to grow this party of theirs? Because right now… I mean, let's face it. I don't know who the libertarian candidate's going to be when they have their convention year coming up. You know, they pick somebody. It's usually somebody nobody knows. I mean, there's been a couple in the past. You had Johnson, uh, you know, of course, Rand Paul. But Rand Paul and Johnson, they were both Republicans. And I think one of the things that, that bothers me is I see a lot of finger-pointing. I called it the fence-sitting. Remember, I I sent you that message about why libertarians are the ultimate fence-sitters. And I get it. There are a lot of things broken in the Republican Party. And I've said this over and over again. I think the libertarian way to gain power and to start to see things happen is by running as a Republican, that is a libertarian, like the guy you've been talking about Thomas Massey there's Rand Paul you had Justin Amash. so you you but that i mean really that's it you had Ron Paul back in the day there's not very many i think that if you ran more candidates like that in the republican party that's how you rein in this spending because they're not going to vote for these big spending bills these omnibus bills like that i that's what i'd like to see but instead i see a lot of, I don't want to call it fence sitting, but it's mighty convenient to be able to point your finger at the other two parties, especially when we live in a republic where it's representative, uh,
0: you know, it's a, we have a representative vote. Um, Thomas Massey, yeah. yeah, Thomas Massey, in my opinion, is a superhero. I actually donate money to his campaign every month. And that's the, that's the only political donation I've ever made in my life, is to Thomas Massey.
1: I'd like to see him run for Mitch McConnell's Senate seat. And, and see, and here's the deal. I don't even agree with Thomas Massey, but like I said, 70 or 80%. But I would like to see him run for Mitch McConnell's seat as a Republican, because I feel that what this country is based upon is having representation. And and libertarians, they're just not represented. I mean, the the candidates that you guys are putting forth, they lose. They, they, I mean, Vivek was probably the most libertarian sounding Republican. I mean, he wanted to get rid of, you know, the F, you name it, all the three letter agencies, Department of Ed. He's wanting to get rid of them all. And I did see some libertarians kind of gravitate towards him. Back to my point, I think that is the way that libertarians make themselves relevant. Because let's be honest, they're really not. They're not affecting anything right now. And so I see a lot on these libertarian uh, uh, feeds that I that I'm on. There's just so much of this. Uh, Republicans did this, and the Democrats did this, and we're right. And you know, I just don't think it's very effective.
0: It's an interesting topic. Libertarian ideas, my political ideas, what you see, whether you enjoy it or not, on my social media all the time, those ideas mm-hmm. are not very popular. They're not. No. They're, they're just not. No. I admit that. They're Actually, they're very unpopular. Very, very unpopular. I agree.
1: And I'll call them your principles because I think that's what they are.
0: Okay.
1: And And I think it's, I do find this fantastic. I love that libertarians have those main principles that they want to stick to, but we don't have anything really to wrap any sort of uh, uh, past on. In other words, with it, if you don't have Thomas Massey, you don't have Rand Paul and the ones that I just named. I mean who do you compare to, and then when have libertarians been in control of anything? And so, Javier my Malay. question is, Javier yeah. Malay. Yeah, yeah. So, so my question comes to this, though, and I'm talking about in the United States. My question comes to this: if, if that's the way, if your principles are that important that you're unwilling to bend, that's why you will never have power in this country. Now, it's a representative republic. We have Democrats. We're not going to get rid of all them people. I wish we could. Not. You know, I hate to say it. I don't mean get rid of them, like kill them. But I wish they could see the light, you know. But that's not going to happen. And uh, there's a lot of rhinos, Republicans uh, in name only. You know, they just drive me crazy. Mitch McConnell, I'd like to see him go. I'm glad Mitt Romney's getting out. There's, there's, there's a bunch of them. You know, in Congress and the Senate, hundreds just. We, we could flush the toilet. But we are a representative government. And what I'm hearing from libertarians is they're so stuck to their principles that if they ever did come into any sort of power, how are they going to ever get anything done and accomplished if they're unwilling to work with the other side?
0: Fair, fair concern. And I admit from now until the day I die, I doubt. I will vote for a president who actually wins. I do admit that, Um, and and that doesn't sound like my dad was. My dad was telling me basically the same thing you're telling me today, Tim. (laughs) Literally, my father was saying the same thing to me yesterday. You know, because so he sounds like a really smart guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because my my stances are all more consistent with what the founders of our country had in mind. The Federal Reserve, I'm going to look back 50 years from now, or let's say 30 years from now, Tim. I'll be 70. Mm-hmm. I'll be 70. Um, you know, you'll be up there in age. Hopefully, we're still friends, right? 87. 87, okay.
1: 87. Okay. Hopefully, I'll still remember who you are. <laughs> and I don't have dementia or Alzheimer's.
0: I... Think we will face a moment where I will say, "Tim, I told you so," and our dollar collapses.
1: Oh, it's gonna. Yeah, you don't even have to tell me that.
0: Okay, and I'm gonna say, have... why? Why were we playing this bullshit duopoly? Why support one when, when they're both doing the exact same thing? All I care about, I said it at the beginning, is our dollar is gonna collapse, our whole economy. I own properties here. You do too. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I don't know what the ramifications are going to be when they took us off the gold standard in 1973 officially Bretton Woods agreement mm-hmm. the libertarian party was created then I'm not claiming libertarians are good politicians I'm not but the federal is Do you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and again, I only agree with about 70-80% of them. Mhm. You know, and I think, Kelly, that's where I'm coming from. So I hear you say you'll ne- you're will you probably never going to vote for another president that wins. If if I'm left with an option and I have to choose, and I have to choose the person that I agree 70 80% with or 60% with, as opposed to a person that I know is completely antagonistic, to everything that I believe in, I cannot waste that opportunity. I can't waste my vote. And I'm not telling you you're wasting your vote, but that's just my own personal how I feel about it. And so when I look at some of these Republican candidates, you know, Donald Trump when he signed that massive COVID, oh my God, I, I, I so much did not want him to do that. You know, and but he did. And I believe your man there, Massey, and I believe even Rand Paul, they just railed against him for it, and they should have. However, a lot of what Donald Trump did, minus that, had a positive impact on the country. And when I look at the state we're in now with this jackass, uh, Joe Biden, I mean, he, let's, be, let's be real. He's not even running this country. We've got a shadow government. You know, Susan Rice, who, who knows who the hell's actually calling the shot? Probably a little cabal of people, to be quite honest with you. That scares the shit out of me. And I can't help but think if, if we just did what was right for the Republic and you get 70, 80% of what you want, to me, I think that's a win. Um, I'm going to vote for Trump uh, over anybody else. I cannot stand Nikki Haley. I, I cannot stand that freaking human. Why? I didn't like her when he chose her. She is, she is a polished politician. She's going to tell everybody what they want to freaking hear. She, she is exactly like Vivek called her. She is George Bush in heels. And our country needs a different direction. I really am intrigued with Vivek but i'm going to vote for trump because i cannot allow i cannot if 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 it's my one vote makes a difference we know that it's not going to be that but let's just say it was and it's the difference maker between me abstaining and and voting just because trump spent you know that covid money blah 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 and and then i get stuck with biden again Ugh. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys want to hurry up the, the collapse, <laughs> the inevitable collapse. I don't know what it is, but to me, I just don't think that is a principled vote. My To me, being principled is I, I need to do what's best, what I'm going to get the most out of, out of who has the best chance to win. And I might be wrong there. I don't know. That's just how I look at it.
0: Fair. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate, to be honest, as I established earlier my views <laughs> I appreciate that you're still friends with me actually my views are not popular well, I know they're not popular I know that
1: well I agree with
0: 78% of what you gotta say and
1: I can tell you that we probably both don't like liberals but I mean don't like their philosophy yeah. I have friends that are liberal hell you know that Yeah. but I don't like their philosophy, and I sure as a hell don't want them running the country. And so, you know, that's where my my fight is. And but I completely understand what you're saying. You know, this this spending just drives me nuts. That's the but main, the main issue.
0: That's the main issue for me. And and last time I voted for a Republican, Tim, I thought he was going to drain the swamp. And guess what? He shattered yeah. he shattered the previous president's spending records. And I was like, what the hell? Even before yeah, for COVID. The first he, 40 years. Yeah, I, I yeah. Mean, I'm just saying. I, I got burnt. Like, if I lent, if you lend me money, Tim, mm-hmm. and I say I'll pay you back in seven days, and then I just take for some reason it takes me three months. I lied. True. Are, are you? Are you going to nominate me for like managing some money after that? No. I. That's my. Mm-hmm. That's my rationale. I know we disagree. My brother. My father, you, most of the men in my life that I'm close with, uh, you know, they, they they want me to <laughs> they want me to vote for Trump, even though it's only it's not it's just one vote. But I just can't, man. Like I said, if if, if I don't expect if I if I put my trust into Vivek, for some reason he caught my eye and I did. If it happened, which he dropped out actually, so it's not gonna happen. But if I did, and then. He did the opposite of what he said he was going to do. I wouldn't vote for him a second time. That's just how I operate.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't understand it. Uh, I think there was such a small margin that a lot of the independents that feel the same way as you, other libertarians, that could have been a deciding factor in maybe one or two states. Uh, I, I probably have to look and see which states that might have been a factor. In. but. in. um it puzzles me because I, I feel we agree on a lot. Um, I definitely I hear you. I hear you about the spending. You know, I can't make excuses for that. That's, my, I that's about, my main
0: issue. That's my whole thing right there. I don't want our everything to collapse. That's the main thing for me.
1: And, and I I understand that, but boy, it's it's almost like. Well, I'm going to vote for – who's the, who do you think the libertarian is going to be? It's not going to be that Joe Jorgensen
0: again, is it? No, it'll be um, the – he's a much better candidate than Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen, the 2020 candidate who I did vote for, she spent a lot of time at Black Lives Matter uh, protests. and Now, she wasn't – yeah. she's not a Marxist, so, I mean, she was trying to uh, – um, recruit people in a positive way. I disagree with the way she did it, but I, I, I still voted for, her and I don't regret voting for her. In 2024, Michael Rechtenwald, the anti-woke uh, PC. He's a former Marxist. He was a professor at New York university and he got fired because he was speaking out about the trans stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. He's the, anti- he's a libertarian.
0: He's running for president. I will vote for him. He will get maybe 2% of the total vote. I will be proud of that vote, and I'll continue to vote that way. And Because he represents... Is he still a he's, he's the opposite of a Marxist. I recorded an episode with him and Yanni once, mm. and we had some fascinating conversations. No, he is the... He's a very well-spoken critic of the left, kind of similar to you, really, in a lot of ways. You come from the left, you know it, I mean, he's great. Now, I know he's not going to win everything you said, you know, he's not open borders. He's not open borders. I'll say that some libertarians are. He's not woke at all. Um, He's not. He's funny. I I like him. Now, he's a friend of mine. I don't I I know he's not going to be president, Tim, (laughs) but that's who I'm voting for. I know it kills. I know people don't like hearing it. it. Sounds dumb. I know. I know. I, I don't think it's no, a democracy. I mean, if we only have two parties, if if that's what a democracy is, sorry, no, we're not a democracy.
1: Yeah, we're I, a I, republic.
0: Uh, we're a republic, and, okay.
1: and, and to be a better republic, we you're you're right. We need more representation. But I, I go right back to this: How are you guys recruiting? How are you going to get a candidate that can finally win? Are you going to do it in a third party? Or are you going to do like these liberals did to my old party, the Democratic Party, and just get in there and start taking it – not necessarily taking it over, but look what they've done? They've changed the whole direction of that party. And I think that, to me, is the libertarian's best chance, to run a guy in the Republican ticket like Thomas Massey, like Rand Paul, Justin Amash, um, uh, who was the other one? Ron Paul,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Johnson. Yep. All those guys were Republican.
0: Well, I don't know about Amash. Was Amash a Republican? He was a Republican uh, congressman from Michigan. He's actually from Palestine, and he, while in office, he officially switched his party to being a Libertarian. That's right. That's <laughs> he did right. not. He did that's not okay. win. He did not win re-election, and some people are not big fans of him. He was very critical of Donald Trump. So, like my dad not a Justin Amash fan. <laughs> and he's not a Massey. Yeah, like- My dad's not a Massey fan either cuz Massey's been very critical of Trump too. So.
1: <laughs> and that's fine and, and and I think we need that. And I think that's what makes The one thing that bothers me, you know, with Trump is you have to be a loyalist or boy he just will burn you down. But that's politics for you. But it, that that's in his personality. Yeah. I don't like that. It was one of them I, you know, I was not a huge supporter of him. I reluctantly voted for, I could not vote for Clinton. There's no way in hell I was going to vote for a Democrat ever again. And, you know, so I was very reluctant. I mean, if you could go back through my Facebook post, you'd see that you have to go way back there. Um, but I did and I felt like I, I could, I didn't like the spending, but our economy was rolling. Uh, you know, we became a, a producer. Um, I think uh, I think overall he he did a pretty good job on eighty percent of things. And I keep throwing that number out there, the so seventy to eighty, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, if if any of them libertarians, if I had my choice between them and Biden or any Democrat for that matter. I'm voting for the libertarian candidate because I know they're going to support 70 to 80% of what I care about. Yeah, I might not – I'm going to lose out on, on some of it, but uh, we are we are a republic. There's checks and balances there, and it would be really interesting to me to see if a libertarian ever made it to president if they would compromise, if, if there would be any compromising. Because we know that Rand Paul has, and Thomas Massey to a degree has compromised.
0: Oh, he's endorsing—he's endorsing, he's endorsing DeSantis right now. DeSantis, the Navy yeah. Seal, the Navy Seal, huge proponent of of Israel. Um, DeSantis is so. I mean, yeah. If you make it to Congress, you're right. You 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 have to compromise. You have to. Not on
1: everything, but on, on there has to be some compromise. And and so I don't know in your in your circles. I I don't really see that big push. As libertarians, to say, "Hey, we can still be libertarians," but I think our best option, because it's certainly not going to be to infiltrate the Democratic Party, that'll never happen. Your best option is the Republican Party.
0: I'm okay with that. And I would love that. I'm a, like I said, I donate money to Massey every month. I'm on board. How can I do that? Let's do it.
1: And so, so as a libertarian, I think that would be my directive. Hey. Stop this running as this third, go right head to head against these Republicans, especially incumbents, you know, because they got a track record. And you get a principal libertarian in there. So I'd like to see Thomas Massey go for Mitch McConnell's seat. I'd love to see that. I I post that on his ex all the time. I also post on there when I don't agree with things. Yeah, when I don't agree with them. Like I I told him he was. uh, a hypocrite for, for choosing Ron uh, DeSantis because he doesn't espouse all of his principles. And then I thought about that and I was like, afterwards, after I'd already posted it, I was like, well, shit, he's, he's, he's doing what a politician really should do. You know, he's, he's meeting in the middle. He's, he's picking that person that he feels would give him, you know, the best, bang for, I guess, his
0: buck. Yeah, there has to be little little details out there where Massey's like, he's not telling us. He's like, I know when Trump was in office, he wouldn't even listen to me when I started talking about uh, uh, reducing spending. Massey's probably a- approached Trump on multiple occasions in person, and Trump just doesn't even want to talk about it. But DeSantis, I've heard it, Massey and his wife have had dinner many times with DeSantis and his wife. Uh so there ha- you're right, there has to be something like that there.
1: And 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 so if we recognize that and we're in a republic, a representative republic, you know that that's my biggest thing with libertarians. I, I've not seen any of them in, in big power, just, just really Rand Paul, uh his father, Ron Paul. I love how they stick to their principles, even though I might not agree fully. Um, but I get it. And I think they're effective because of the party that they are in, and they, you know, you can still keep that libertarian identity. I mean, you could run on that. I'm a, I'm running the Republican Party, but I'm a, a libertarian at heart, you know, or a, a Republican libertarian, however you want to phrase that. I think if they infiltrate the Republican Party, that could rein in uh, this 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 spending that's out of control. Because I agree with you. I, I'm just waiting for a collapse. Um, so yeah, those are those are those are probably my biggest things I wanted to talk to you about. You know, two, I've noticed sometimes I get pithy, but on a lot of these libertarian sites I'll ask questions. Like I'll question some. And what I've noticed, I don't know if this is just I don't know, maybe it's just my experience, but my God, they're hateful. Yeah. They'll call you names and oh, you're Sir. a dumbass, you're a republican you know what I mean? I'm like, what the how are the hell you yeah. get, I ask some questions about how they stand and then those are the responses I get back, you know, and I'm like, okay, well that's polarizing. Now I'm a little bit deeper than that, you know, but, but still, I don't know if that's, if I'm misreading that, but, um,
0: that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's I a see, lot, it's a lot I of conspiracy theorist type guys out there. Now I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they've got real strong opinions And if you present something that flies possibly directly in the face of something they, in their mind, they know for sure. Yeah. They'll probably be pretty. (laughs) And I agree that's not conducive to winning. I agree with you. It's not conducive to (laughs) recruiting some, some there's the new Hampshire. Have you heard about the, the free state project? No, the free state project. I'm Googling it. As I, I say, it is a movement of thousands of freedom-loving people have moved to New Hampshire.
1: Oh, I, you know what? I did hear that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did hear about that. Okay. So the, they were talking about New
0: Hampshire's motto. It's uh Liberty State. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. some of the people who live out there and are involved in the management of the state account, <laughs> I uh-huh. follow. I follow it. I'm not complaining, but like they get you if you're a libertarian and you're anti welfare, you'll get called racist, right? You know that.
1: Oh, yeah. And so if you get that's a playbook as a democratic handbook.
0: That's the the left, of course. They're very good at that. Um, Uh But basically, some of these extreme guys from New Hampshire will get called racist so many times that they start almost like acting like they're racist. Mm -hmm. joking. And I don't think they're trying to actually advocate for racism, but obviously that's a bad move. You, right. You can't, Yeah. if you're actually representing something, you're trying to spread the message. You should pick, I've been very critical of us sending money to Israel and what I think is happening in Israel is very evil right now, but, but you got to make sure you're not actually like, like condemning all Jewish people or, you know, that's actually somewhat, you need to be somewhat aware of that. Right.
1: Hmm. Yep, I agree. I pulled into this parking lot. It's at the sheriff's office. I just realized that. I keep having all these people driving by me, looking, looking at me. <laughs> and now there's a car. He, he's parked back behind me. So this podcast could get interesting here. That's okay, though. I'm not a criminal.
0: Um, Tim. I appreciate the feedback, and I love that you keep coming on the show. I, I do think it's yeah, I mean, important. I I, a lot. I'm sorry. I learn a lot. I, I would like to think that I do too, actually, because you know, having conversations with people that maybe you disagree with on certain things in a respectful way is of course uh, one of the best ways to continue to, to grow. Just so you know, I, I, I vote for Rand Paul whenever I get the chance. Mm-hmm. And I actually wear Rand Paul T-shirts proudly all across Louisville all the time.
1: Good. I had a Rand Paul sign out in uh, front of my place when he was running this last time. And you know, like I said, I, I he I only agree with seventy eight percent, but I like the guy. He's one of my favorite politicians, and, and the reason for that is 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 I like. How he sticks to his guns, but he has compromise. I mean, he's compromised on some things. and you know you got to pick and choose your battles, and uh, you know, I get it. you know, I don't know if we got anywhere, but I did want to tell you kind of how I felt. I've been paying attention. I'll continue to pay attention. I like following some of the sites.
0: Um, I appreciate that. one of
1: the things that uh, one of the things I saw I was on ax I'd have to mess with my phone to get there, but I follow this Libertarian group, and they keep this poll. It's an active poll. Who would you vote for? And a year ago, it was overwhelming. Obviously, they're going to vote for the Libertarian candidate. And then this Vivek started uh, picking up a little traction in the Republican Party. He made a little bit of noise, uh, probably enough noise to get him a a, a nice spot with, with Trump, but I started to see that poll starting to swing for Vivek, and it goes right back to what I'm saying. You know, if if libertarians wanted to actually see their principles enacted, you got to get in power. So how are you going to do that? Well, the long haul is through a third party. Then you got to build a constituency, and you're not going to do that by. I I agree with seventy percent, eighty percent. By calling me a dumbass or whatever when I ask a question or I question something, that's a big turnoff. You know what I mean? Or, or doing like what you said, uh, people call you a racist, so then you start acting like one. That's not how you win people over. And so I, I question whether or not they really want to win, because if you really want to win, it's going to take. It's going to take. You have to get yourself into some positions of power, and I think the quickest way is run as a libertarian in the Republican ticket. That's just my opinion.
0: I'm okay with that. And I know it sounds like I'm super dramatic because I'm always switching my voter registration and making posts about it.
1: (laughs) I'm sure. I forgive you for the the RFK thing.
0: Yeah. So I, I registered as a Democrat last year because I was planning in March of this year I was going to vote for RFK on the Democrat primaries so he would hopefully beat Biden. Well, then RFK dropped out. But just so you know, Tim, I did change back. I'm now back to being a registered Republican. Mm-hmm. And in the, pro- the reason I did that was I actually did plan on voting for Vivek in the primaries because he did, yeah. he did say he was going to audit and ultimately end the Federal Reserve. He said he was going to. Do I believe he mm-hmm. was going to? Probably not, but he said he was going to. So because of that, Tim, I actually was, and I'm currently a Republican. I'm not going to probably vote in the primaries now because he dropped out, but I was planning on voting for him because he was at least claiming that he was going to address my main issue. So I, mean, I don't know if but that you makes know,
1: he would be he's, he's not going to be able to do that by himself. And so it takes it to get power. You have to have more people, more representation. And I keep going back to that because wouldn't that be nice if he did get in and he had ten senators, Republican senators, in place of these damn rhinos that we got, and we had uh, the majority of the House, and he was actually able to end the ATF, a whole bunch of them three-letter agencies. And that'd be fantastic. But it's never going to happen, even if he was elected president, because he can't do that all by himself. You have to have power comes in packs like wolves. That's why that's why Rand Paul and Thomas Massey struggle so to get things where well, they don't get their way. I mean, sometimes they might be the one abstaining vote that they need. That's kind of nice, kind of like Joe Manchin. But that doesn't happen very often.
0: It's a difficult thing. If there's a vote, if you can tell me a legitimate vote for me to give for president that would that would chip away at the Federal Reserve at all, I'm, I'm all ears. I, I just, um, a protest vote is my own. I know that we philosophically disagree on that, um, but a protest yeah. vote where they see, oh, wow, 7% voted for the Libertarian Party this year. Maybe at some point it'll mean something. Maybe not. Because maybe BlackRock owns everything, and and you know, there's there's actually no chance these ideas can ever go anywhere. I'm like I said earlier, I'm prepared to, the rest of my life, never vote for someone who wins again. I don't care. Uh, 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 I don't want the system to collapse, and and the way that we're doing it now. (laughs) Have you looked at these numbers about interest payments on this debt? Yeah, it's 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 sickening. It's not good. It's not good. No, it, nobody even understands you know, that. What percent of our country even understands that at all? What percent do you think?
1: Less than, probably less than 40. Okay. Maybe, yeah, less than 40.
0: Okay.
1: I'd say 60% of Americans could care less. I mean, think about people who don't even like talking about politics. And they vote. They, they can't even express any sort of tangible political representation. You know, so I, you know, I agree with you. Like I said, I agree with you on a lot of things. I think that's why we get along. You've never been hostile to me. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot of libertarians I, I communicate with, <laughs>
2: <Fair>. <laughs> they, get,
1: they get pretty damn sick, man. You know what I mean? I'm like, geez, how the hell are you going to, if there's anybody who, at least I was looking at the party. Yeah. You know, when somebody's looking at the party asking questions and you just, you're, you're an asshole. Yeah, that's not good. Well, that's not going to help. That doesn't help. What and you need I, I'm is Ron, Ron, Ron Pauls.
0: You need Ron Pauls who, who wear a suit, and they're they're uh, married to one woman for 40 years. They're gentlemen, and they're into church. That's the strategy, really, I think. Someone like that. He was uh, uh, in the Air Force. um And he was a doctor. He delivered all these babies. And so he was a gentleman and all that stuff. And he was in Texas, and he was able to win because he was a Republican. You know, I guess that that type of a – what's that? Yeah, yeah, man.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, And Vivek, you know, Vivek, uh, he's young. He's kind of got those views in his head right now. So Republican establishment, they didn't like that, but I did. You know, I love the fact you want to get rid of the ATF, FBI. You know, you start eliminating eliminating agencies like that, and you'll start to see us turn things around. And and just because I say I'm strong military, doesn't mean that there isn't military waste. It's absurd the the amount of money the military wastes. Uh, so that that's a whole other topic. I, um, the way that they, they do these bills and the way that those monies are dispensed it's sickening you know i mean there there were i've been on bases where contractors were paid to build a building uh, on a base and the base is put on the closure list and they keep building the building just for it to get closed because because the money was appropriated that's bullshit that money should go back and I, I just but you know it's the federal government you, it, they just give that to whoever else but I think there's a lot of room for improvement with regards to spending and not necessarily cutting our military advancement, you know, the equipment, taking care of our people. Just waste, you know, the the number of bases that we don't even freaking need anymore. Uh, you know, just just the, the construction waste and cost and how much, you know, you have certain suppliers and military can only buy through these certain suppliers. Whatever it is for tanks, planes, whatever, and they bid, and then they just charge these astronomical uh, uh, prices. So I, I think that there is room for for lots of improvement. But I'm going to try to get back in here. I'm actually I'm heading to
0: the gym. Okay. Well, Tim, I really appreciate my- really appreciate you continuing to come on the show. As I've said before, you you articulate a more of a, a right leaning. Republican, uh, stance, but you do it in a, 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 a very, a very good way. And, you know, I think a lot of my viewers agree with you, I think more than at least the local ones probably agree with you more than they agree with me on the topics we discussed today. So I I appreciate you giving representation to that side. Uh, and, and of course on the things we agree with. So, I mean, I I really appreciate you coming on, Tim. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Appreciate it. Remember to tell everybody to the exit, the Latin exit from the Democratic Party. You don't have to be a Republican either to exit. They could be Libertarian.
0: Okay, you 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 find more common ground with me than you do with someone who votes Democrat.
1: Oh God, yeah, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the last? Is Joe Manchin the last? blue dog, Democrat. I mean, he probably is. He's not running again. That party is, they disgust me now. I, I don't even know what to think about. Them.
0: Yeah. It, it's, um, and, and when it comes to a war, the big libertarian issue mm-hmm. for years, they could have a long time ago. They could have said Democrats were a little bit more light on the, um uh, war, but you know, by, I mean, I, Biden seems to just be love starting wars, and you know all this. So I mean, that's a whole different conversation. We'll get to it. I, I plan on having Weakness. you back.
1: What's that? Weakness. Weakness starts wars. <laughs> but yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll uh, I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you.
1: Appreciate you. Take care, Kelly.